Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Between climate change's negative impact on food production and ongoing supply chain challenges that threaten access to high-quality nutrition, ensuring the growing population has enough to eat without further compromising the planet's health will require significant innovation, technological advancements, and funding, all of which investment and mentoring firm Techstar says its sixth farm-to-fork accelerator program brings together. The cohort of 12 startups from six different countries announced last week offer much-needed solutions to stubborn challenges plaguing the food, beverage, and agricultural industries, including around sustainability, labor, supply chain, human and animal health, and new alternatives. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Techstar's Managing Director Sarah Bain describes the current challenges facing the food, beverage, and agricultural industries, and how disruptive technology and companies like those participating in the farm-to-fork accelerator can help. She also shares lessons learned from previous farm-to-fork accelerators, the key themes that the program hopes to address, and strategies for navigating the current investment environment, as well as the impact of tech layoffs in the accelerator scene and the overall industry. Finally, she shares how Techstars is helping entrepreneurs with innovative solutions and the kinds of people and businesses it wants to support through its various investment and mentoring programs. Despite the significant need for ag and food tech solutions to help ensure sufficient, high-quality nutrition for the growing population, investors and entrepreneurs are more hesitant and thoughtful now about how they scale businesses than even just three years ago, reflecting the dramatic shift in investors' mentality since the pandemic began and since some high-profile big bets busted. You know, valuations were bananas a few years ago. Um, and so we are at a point in the market where I think we in, investors are seeing that it needs to be corrected um, and, and the market needs to be corrected because we just couldn't, it wasn't sustainable that what valuations were. Uh, we The market was going to explode or completely implode for that matter. Investors are a little more shy to to help value a company um, or that set the terms at what they were once because of the market. There just isn't as much demand in the market. Um, and, and we're looking, the companies are looking to, to potentially not grow as quickly as they once were um, because people are less willing to, to write a check. And oftentimes when people are raising money, it's to, it's to accelerate faster and to, to grow much more quickly. And so if the capital just isn't there, they can't grow as quickly as they once were able to. Industry has changed, you know, significantly, even in the time that I've been at Techstars. And that that what used to be, you know, a Series A is now a pre-seed or a seed stage fundraise. Um, And so those rounds are looking incredibly different. You know, in the last year, valuations have gone down significantly. It's it's much harder for companies to to raise. Um, 
But the, the bright side is, is that there still is capital out there. There's still capital to be deployed, you know, micro funds and other funds that have, have raised money prior to the market changing. They have a determined amount of time in which they need to deploy that capital. And so they are still writing checks. They're just being a little choosier on, on who they're actually writing the checks to. And so they're, they're maybe taking more time in the diligence process or more time to, to learn about the company, learn about the founders, learn about any um, metrics or traction that the companies had before they actually are making the decision. Uh, the, there are also angels out there, but angels, you know, are, are writing checks. But when the, the market gets rough, they're, they're more hesitant to write checks. And so there aren't as many angels um, as, as there previously has been that are willing to write checks, but they're still out there and they're still writing those checks, which once again is a great sign. Um, I, I would say that in terms of, you know, the food tech space versus the other space, it, it doesn't vary that differently um, in terms of capital being deployed. Um, it, it really depends upon who the founders are, what the company metrics looks like, what their big vision is, where they're going, and, and, and where they are in the market, you know, and, and who, who their customers are, who their, their go-to-market is. Um, so it's, it's been a very interesting time over my time at Techstars to see all of this change, but there, there is money out there. So that is the good thing for founders. As investment checks shrink and become fewer and farther between, networking, while always important, is gaining prominence, which is where Bain says organizations like Techstars can help. So Techstars is a mentorship-driven accelerator. Um, so the, one of the main offerings that we have is, is the mentorship, but also the network. Like Techstars network is incredibly extensive. And the, the willingness to connect founders, with other founders, with mentors, with investors, with partners, with everybody within the network is, is incredible. I continue to be amazed over my time at Techstars how willing people are to open up their Rolodexes to founders coming through the program. And so when our companies are getting ready to fundraise, and I am very, very forthcoming with them on I am not going to introduce you to an investor or I'm not going to introduce you to that corporate partner until you are ready because some of it has to do with timing. A lot of it has to do with timing. And so if they aren't ready to have those conversations, we're not going to make those introductions for them. And that's in their best interest and in their best benefit um, but also at the same time, we do introduce so many founders to so many investors, and our our companies have raised significant capital. You know, we have a cumulative market cap at Techstars of $100 billion, um, and most of our companies on average raise about $1 million post-program. So the network is very fruitful, and it's one of the things that is the greatest offerings of Techstars. Bain explains that Techstars still sees massive potential in the food and ag tech sectors, even as investment correction is taking place, which is why it's teamed with Ecolab to support the companies in its sixth Farm to Fork Accelerator program. 
Techstars was originally interested in the food space because of how massive the opportunity is. Um, you know, food and food tech is involved, food specifically is involved in almost everything we do. And so there are incredible opportunities across the food value chain. And specifically the pandemic showed that there are huge opportunities across, across the supply chain and what we call the messy middle. Uh, so as the world's population continues to grow and we deal with waning resources and climate change, solutions are more important than ever. And so, you know, I think this year in particular, we're still continuing to look at those massive opportunities. You know, there are five key areas that we're looking to address and five key areas that were kind of guiding us along through this recruiting process. And they are supply chain, labor, sustainability, human and animal health, and new alternatives. And we're so lucky in this particular program that our partner Ecolab is at the forefront of it. You know, they have a hundred year history of innovation and they do truly walk the talk. They're investing their time and energy into resources in the companies coming through the program, but also other early stage companies. And it's really incredible to see their commitment. They write the thesis in tandem with us where we're talking about key initiatives within the company. And we're talking about what area of interest do you have as an organization and what companies can we provide in there? And so within these key areas, um, we're looking at sustainability. So thinking about water. So the food system is a huge consumer of water, um, but also there's the reduction of use, water health and water processing. Um, also, animal management, bioenergy, and biomaterials. Once again, that's incredibly broad, but think about plastics to energy. Uh, there's a massive opportunity there in the amount of leverage on the food waste system. Um, but also then in labor, looking at compliance and training, acquisition and retention, safety and security. So both the food, both food and humans are involved um, in, in safety and security. Um, and then automation and efficiency, you know, are there automation tools that companies aren't using or are there robotics that we could be using to help with the labor crunch? Um, and then in the supply chain, you know, I already touched on that. The supply chain has been a bit of a mess for a few years now, and, and they're still looking for ways to innovate. Um, can we create optimization and can we, um, you know, think about what redundancies are already are in the market. Like food is just one of the many difficult things in the world to move because it's perishable and it's heavy. So are there different ways of, of doing this that we can help cut costs? Um, are there ways that are super redundant that large corporations are already that are using that we can help? Um, you know, what smart manufacturing and modular manufacturing um, why, why ship food when you can manufacture it closer to demand centers or closer to home or closer to your offices or closer to your customers? Um, and then thinking about new dining formats in the food service, like how do end consumers get their food? Has, has COVID or the pandemic completely changed the food service industry forever? You know, I think one like hot ticket item, I was just recently reading an article about, you know, our QR codes going to stay. Um, we all thought, you know, during the pandemic and, and shortly after that QR codes were going to be here forever. But now it sounds like 
maybe they're not going to be. You know, people miss the old way of, of communicating with a human um, and interacting with a human in the dining experience. So maybe going digital for everything isn't completely what we want to do in terms of um, dining formats, but maybe it is too. Are there different ways of doing things that we haven't thought of? Um, and then in the human and animal health sector, we're specifically looking at, you know, clean clean food and, and safe water. Um, are there key areas of interest that we just haven't thought about? Um, and cleaning and sterilization and antimicrobial surfaces and solutions. The pandemic definitely showed us that there's a, a huge and significant need for that. Um, a lot of this technology does already exist, so there have been um, ways to help with this, but are there other ways that we haven't thought of yet, or is there an easier, simpler solution um, to, to some of these issues? And then in terms of new alternatives, you know, I think there's always the picks and shovels thing that's that's pretty unique and interesting to our particular program, and then are there any, you know, novel ingredients um, it is a very broad category, I understand, but are there key areas that we aren't looking at and we should be? Are there, are there key founders or key, um, inventions that we just haven't considered? In evaluating potential participating companies or investments, Bain says the Techstars team has evolved its model and criteria over the years to adapt to the changing landscape, and it now expects the entrepreneurs it supports to be more careful with capital and to do more with less. Some of the most interesting themes that have emerged across these companies and in this program in the approach are are using to build a billion dollar company. You know, we're really looking at what founders do we believe in to drive this thing forward and scale quickly and get to that billion dollar company. Um, what products are, do they have? What technology do they have? What does the market opportunity look like? And what potential traction do we see as early indicators? Um, you know, some of the other key learnings that we're looking at outside of, of those things are selling to restaurant and food service is really hard to do. Um, the American consumer is unique compared to the rest of the world, particularly when it comes to new alternatives. They haven't quite hit here. And I think that's partially because consumers here aren't willing to pay for them. The cost is prohibitive. They aren't willing to pay or the, the cost is too high for what they want to pay. Um, and then as we talked about earlier, you know, the funding environment has just changed over the years. Um, rounds have changed, valuations have changed. Um, and as I said before, what were once crazy valuations are much smaller. Um, and so we're learning to adapt with that environment too and think of new ways for our founders to receive funding. You know, our, our grants going to be more important than ever. Um, how can we cut costs? Uh, how can we stretch capital? Um, should we be focusing in on angels for some people versus others? Should we be looking at funds? Should we be encouraging our founders to take more capital? So it's really a variety of different things. And, and so one of the biggest key learnings is, is looking at how we can be adaptable in this changing environment. What I'm 
advising our companies to do, and it's really thinking about, first and foremost, how can you cut your burn? So how can you make that number smaller, and how can you make it smaller quickly? Um, and what one of the easiest ways to do that is to think about extra costs. So do you have um, consultants that you don't necessarily need? Do you have staff um, in positions that may potentially be redundant to other employees? Um, is the work that some of these people doing necessary for where the company is right now? Um, and then once again, are you able to take more capital when you are raising? If you have the ability to take more capital, and unfortunately, sometimes at flat valuations, not always, do it. Extend that potential runway from 12 months to 18 months to 24 months by taking that additional capital. And then let's think about, you know, how quickly can we continue to grow? And I think what investors are going to look for is they're going to ask all those questions. What have you done to cut costs? How have you rethought the speed of growth? And how quickly are you going to grow? Um, and they are going to ask how much money are you planning to take? And where is that going to get you? And what are you going to do with it? So they are going to be asking all those questions. And so preparing our founders with the best answers possible and having investors truly believe that those answers are something they're going to do is something that I can do as, as their managing director and as their coach um, to get them ready to, to fundraise and get them ready to have those conversations. While the current environment may be more daunting compared to a few years ago, and entrepreneurs who already run a tight ship may be asked to manage even leaner operations, Bain still encourages those who want to enter the space to just do it. One of the biggest things that I always tell founders to do is do it. Um, get your products out there, start testing, start iterating. Have conversations with your customers, see exactly what they want, see exactly what they like, what they don't like. Um, remember that things don't have to be perfect before you put it in front of people. Truthfully, it's probably never going to be until you're having the conversations and you're understanding exactly what people want. Um, so figuring out exactly what the true pain points are, what the true problems are, and how you can solve for that. So I think my biggest advice is test. Move forward, test out your product, and just do it. For those who want to take Bain up on her advice, but who also want a helping hand, Techstars operates more than 50 programs, including its farm-to-fork accelerator, and is constantly looking for companies and entrepreneurs to participate. For more information, visit techstars.com. And with that, we have come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.